good evening and welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. We're glad you're here today. Take your hymnal, please, and open up to number 472. Number 472. Let's all stand and sing, follow on. Number 472. Oh, there it is. We'll sing all three verses, all right? Here we go. Down in the valley with my Savior I would go, where the flowers are blooming and the sweet water flow. Everywhere he leads me I will follow, follow on, walking in his footsteps to the crown. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here today. We love you very much. And we thank you for the church. We thank you for brothers and sisters who have received you as Savior as we ourselves have. And you've made us a family here in this place we gather today. We ask that you would meet with us. We ask that you feel your preacher as he preaches today with the power of your Holy Spirit. That we would hear from heaven what you would have us to hear. And then, Lord, I ask that you'd help us to apply it. Thank you for this service. Thank you for this evening. And thank you for our church family. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Number, number 415. Oh, I want to see him. Number 415, if you would, please. Number 415. If you sing real good, I'll let you sit down. Are you ready? You may be seated. But sing good. Amen. As I journey through this land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow, many arrows pierce my soul from without within, but my Lord leads me across the night of wind. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there we sing forever. Oh, 
you being here. You got your bulletins. Pull them out. All right. All right. Everybody got your bulletin. All right. And you're looking at them. Okay. Look out on the first page. See what it says. How many of you see what it says on the first page? I mean, everything that's going on. I mean, you got uh, Saturday morning. You have soul winning, and and it. Uh, uh, I, I mean. 8 30, or excuse me, 9.30, y'all see that? Okay, y'all shake y'all's head this way so I know you're all right. Amen. You see that? All right, Saturday morning. See all the pictures on there? When is, the, when is your thing again, Brother Clark? Saturday. Saturday. Don't forget the uh, Andretti thing is Saturday. Has everybody got their money turned in? Okay. Okay, all you people that signed up for Andretti hadn't got your money turned in, turn it in, all right? He needs that tonight, okay? So, uh, I mean, it's only 10 bucks. You can fall down and find $10, amen? <laughs> amen. So, uh, so uh, turn that in uh, this evening. And uh, be sure you're, if you have any questions about that, talk to Brother Clark about that tonight, all right? If you know somebody that's going, and uh, please uh, let them know. Text them and let them know uh, that, you know, all the details of that, it's in your bulletin, all right? So please do not forget about that. Uh, please be sure you're back in your place Sunday, Amen. and uh, let's have a good day. Uh, try to get everybody back in their place and uh, and encourage everybody to be here. I mean, Wednesday's here, but Sunday's coming. Amen. Amen. So please just so read the rest of your bulletin, and it's got all your details in there. Uh, I like I, I like short announcements. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, on we do Brother Marco does a good job on Sunday morning with uh, our announcements. Amen. Amen. So Sunday afternoon we're going to practice not doing them on Sunday afternoon and keep that time maybe unless it's just something really important because if everybody that's here on Sunday morning they they're back usually on Sunday afternoon and you know what they are right. I shake all head this way, Amen. And so, uh, you know, so I thought, you know, we let's uh, so we're gonna try that and see how it works. All right. Amen. And uh, but so read your bulletin. All, everything is in there. The uh, those who are in charge of the events that are going on, uh, they're in there as well. Go to them and ask them for details. They'll be glad to answer those. And if you have any questions, come and ask myself, Brother Marco, and we'll help you as well. All right. Uh, prayer sheets. Anybody need one of these? Raise your hand. Uh-oh, a bunch. All right, keep your hand up. All right, keep your hand up. All right. Stay stay right with me. How many? You got one left? All right. 
That's all right. He's going. Brother Marco's going to go get some. Okay. Now that I like that. We we uh, we ran out. That's a good thing. Okay. While uh, Brother Marco is getting those, you need one, Brother Gary. Yes. Does I say that again? But she could get up, you know, I mean, no, <laughs> y'all may want to sign that later, okay? Uh, but uh, I'm glad she's here. Yes, Brother Gary tripped her, but we weren't going to say that, okay? Uh, but uh, pray for her, okay? Uh, pray for all of those that are on our, our prayer sheet, uh, many uh, health issues and things of that nature, some getting over surgery, some that are... Uh, headed back to surgery, so please uh, pray for them. I want to say a special prayer, Brother Kevin, tonight. He's going to be preaching for us, Amen. And he hadn't, because I I wasn't I wasn't going to be here this week. But uh, if if uh, you didn't know, my dad passed away uh, Sunday or early Monday morning about 1 a.m. And so uh, I, I flew home, and Sherry's still at, up in uh, Kansas or in Missouri, up by Kansas City, so she's supposed to be back tomorrow, so uh, pray for my family, I know uh, they needed my mom, she's still in the, uh, in the rehab center, just because uh, she, she fell a couple weeks ago, and fractured two bone vertebrae in her back, so she's suffering from that, and so it's just a lot of logistical things, and uh, so I appreciate your prayers for that, and it, just for, for, so you'll know our, the that we'll be having a service for Dad over at the, his church, or where my brother's pastoring now at Springtown Baptist Temple. That will be at ten o'clock Friday morning, and uh, so uh, you know, just so pray for my family, pray for my mom. I, I ask you to pray for her most of all uh, because she's taken that kind of hard and been in the hospital kind of thing. It's more, even more difficult. So uh, I would appreciate your prayers for uh, for her most of all. So. Uh, but Dad, uh, you can't pray for him. He's all—he's good. Amen. Amen. He's—he's uh, in heaven. He's—I've he, heard him say a long time ago, "If I could hear my dad say my voice." Well, guess what? Monday morning, about 1:15 a.m., he got to hear his daddy—hear uh, his daddy's voice. Amen. And not only that, but he got to see his mother and. And uh, some friends that he cared dearly about, so it's a it's a reunion going on. And uh, one thing I'm thankful for about heaven is uh, they can't look back down on this place. If they could, it'd be a listen. Heaven wouldn't be a perfect place if they could look back onto the misery and the suffering that goes on on this planet. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that Dad's got a new body and. And uh, so pray, pray for us. We're the ones who are suffering now. And uh, but I ask you again to please pray for my mom. Uh, and I don't want to beleaguer that, but I would certainly uh, appreciate that and pray for our family. Anyway, so uh, let me say again: the service is Friday morning, Springtown Baptist Temple in Springtown, Texas. So uh, maybe that'll. If you have any questions, uh, don't ask me. <laughs> Uh, but if you have questions, ask me, and I'll do my best to answer them, okay? But remember all of these that are on our prayer sheet, uh, if you would, please. And remember all of the uh, special needs as well, uh, as, as well as our missionaries that are on here. I have not heard anything from Brother Merlot, 
Uh, I'm on, I've tried to t contact him last week, but I'll, I'll try to do so in the next few days and try to have something for you by Sunday about his daughter and her surgery. So, um, But I would ask that you please continue to pray for them. I ask you to pray for Brother Gene Harmon. You know, he had the uh, radical tonsillectomy for the cancer on his tonsils, and uh, he was in severe pain to the point where he couldn't even sip on water. It hurt so much. So, But he said that he sent out a prayer letter asking people to pray for him, and he said uh, within just a couple of hours after he sent that letter out for churches to pray for him, the pain went from a 10 to a 1. And so it just lets me know God answers prayer, amen, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. So please continue to pray for these uh, that are on our prayer sheet, all right? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll have Brother Marco come back and lead us in another song, and, and uh, then we'll let Kevin come preach for us. Father, we're thankful, Lord, that you love us. I'm thankful, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, I'm thankful, God, that you never make mistakes. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful, God, today that uh, you sent your son Jesus to die for us on the cross. And I'm thankful, Lord, that, uh, God, you said that your grace is sufficient. Lord, it's never there too early. It's never there too late. But, Father, your grace is always there just on time. And I'm thankful for that today. And uh, so, Lord, we, we claim the promise of grace, Lord, today, and uh, we ask you, God, to uh, watch over our those that have, we've talked about that are sick, Lord, Brother Gene and his recovery from surgery. Uh, God, we pray also for uh, Brother uh, brother Merlo's daughter, Lord, as, as she had surgery on her legs. God, we lift her up in prayer, pray for uh, that family as well. Lord, we pray also for uh, our missionaries, God, on the foreign field, God, who who have given themselves to go and reach people for the cause of Christ. God, we pray, Lord, for Miss Mary and her arm. Lord, for Brother Dennis and Miss Susie and their help, Father. And we continue to pray for Miss Erica as she recovers from her uh, cancer treatments. God, be with these. Lord, and I know there's others. And, uh, Lord, I don't want to miss anybody. And uh, But, God, I pray that you'd be with them. Lord, I pray, God, for Brother Kevin tonight, Lord, that you'd... Give him liberty as he preaches, Lord, and pray, God, that you would, uh, uh, Lord, just help him to say what you want him to say. And, Lord, we give you praise for that. And then, Father, a special prayer for Mom, that you'd be with her. God, that you would uh, strengthen her, Lord. Uh, there's a lot of things going through uh, her mind and her heart. I know, God, her heart's broken. God, there's a, a void. Uh, God, after almost 70 years of marriage, Lord, it's it, I, I can't even fathom what, might, she might be thinking so lord i pray for her and ask you god to strengthen her lord she's been having difficulty with pain in her back and god i pray for her lord that you'd remove that pain and uh, god that you'd help her to be able to rest lord you took that pain from my brother gene and he strode and so lord we claim that same promise and ask you god to be with her uh, lord be with our family uh, god that you would uh, help us lord to work through all the details of the week, Lord, and there's many moving parts. God, there's a, uh, Lord, we several brothers and sisters, and God, we, we've got to do this in a way that would first bring honor and glory to you, and then also bring uh, respect and honor to Dad, and, and uh, so, Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, we, again, thank you for prayer. Thank you, God, for your goodness to us, Lord. I'm thankful that we have a Father in heaven who 
who knows what we go through. Lord, you, you are familiar with our suffering and our heartbreak, and I'm thankful for that. And so, Lord, just watch over us tonight. We pray, God, that you'd bless this offering. Thank you, Lord, for our folks that give. Thank you, God, for their sacrifice to give, Lord. And, and I pray, God, that your blessings will be upon them. And, Lord, I pray for those who have not, uh, Lord, got involved in your uh, stewardship plan. God, they really don't know what they're missing out on. Uh, God, they're missing out on the blessings of Almighty God in their life. And, and Lord, not just financial ways, but, God, ways that, uh, uh, Lord, the things of this material things that really can't grasp. And so, Lord, I pray for them, too, and ask you, God, to please move in their hearts. So, Lord, bless this offering. Pray to bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Number 365, if you all stand with me. Number 365, are you washed in the blood? Amen. I hope you are. If you haven't, you'll need to be. Amen. If you all stand 365, if you're able, are you washed in the blood? We'll sing the first and the fourth verse. Amen. If you, while you, if you would go ahead and be seated before Brother Kevin comes, please pray for uh, my wife. Pray for Miss White. She's driving back tomorrow.
and it's about an eight-hour drive, and uh, when I left, I just I just packed up what I could and took off and got a plane ticket, but she's driving back by herself, so, you know, I don't like that, but, you know, she's okay, so, but I pray, I ask you to pray for her for traveling gracious tomorrow while she's driving, all right? Thank you. Come here, Brother Kevin. <clears throat> all right, I think we should uh, probably start with a word of prayer, amen? All right. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I ask that uh, you would please uh, speak to your people today uh, through me. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that uh, uh, fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to preach this message. Uh, thank you, Lord, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Uh, so if you would rise with me and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. And it was kind of hectic getting here today. I had to drive from West Fort Worth to McKinney, and then back to church. So, yeah, but uh, praise, the Lord, praise the Lord, he got me here, amen. amen. We'll start off here, and then uh, you can sit down, and then uh, we'll go to another passage after this, amen. In uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. He's talking about the entire Old Testament. He says, think not that I am come to destroy. He says, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Amen? You may be seated. And that's the, one of the main verses I want to start off with. <laughs> uh, there was a problem in Jesus' day that he had to say that. Jesus came, and the Bible says he came to his own, and they received him not. Amen? So Jesus didn't first come to the Gentiles. He came to the Jews. He came to the house of Israel, the rebellious house. And according to Hebrews, it says that a testament isn't in effect until the death of a testator. So technically, it was still the Old Testament. It's kind of, it's a transitional book, amen? But uh, there was a problem in Jesus' day that he had to say that. You see, there was a, a division of sex in their religious groups. Their rituals, their commandments became a form of uh, just mindless service. And they actually added to the law of God so that they could fulfill it themselves. According to the Bible, where it talks about that they paid tithes of uh, cumin, of, of other sorts of spices, but nowhere in the Bible says to pay tithes of that. Amen. But if you would turn with me to Hebrews uh, chapter 10, I've been uh, going through the book of Hebrews in, in one of my classes, and it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's hard to say, but it's just an amazing book. Amen? You see, the people, after Jesus came and he died and he resurrected, well, he's buried and then he resurrected, and the New Testament came into force, they still hang on, hang on to the Old Testament ways. The Old Testament sacrifices, the Old Testament religious system and economy. But we can start off here, we're in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. It says, For the law, the Old Testament, the 613 commandments, having a shadow of good things to come. So right now, the writer of Hebrews states that it was a shadow of good things. For a shadow, there has to be 
the caster of the shadow. That's Jesus. And then he continues on to say, and not the very image of the things. So it wasn't even the thing itself. It says, the law can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. You might think, what is this talking about? Well, it's talking about the Day of Atonement with the, with the high priest, only one person, one person. They had to be of the tribe of, I think, Levi. You had to be of the tribe of Levi. But not, that, not just that. They had to be a, you know, appointed the high priest. And only this man could go before God once every year. He's the only one that could experience God's glory right in front of him. And he offered for the sins of the entire people, and their sin was atoned for. It was covered for an entire year. It was rolled back for an entire year. But the, the sad thing is that, is that they had to do it again. It didn't end. And you can read from your Bible that the, the time of the children of Israel was a long time. So in verse 2 it says, For then they would, they, for then would they not have ceased to be offered? He, he, he says a question, then would they not have ceased to be offered? If it made them perfect, if their Old Testament sacrifices made, made them perfect, would they not have stopped right then and there and said, all right, we're done. We offered our sacrifice to God and he's appeased. But he says in verse 2, because that the worship, worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. He says if, if there was one great sacrifice, then they wouldn't have their conscience of sin anymore. They wouldn't have their guilt of sin anymore that they send against the holy God. Every time they, they you know, cut the lambs, every time they, they, they uh, slit their throat, the Bible says that they had to do it right then and there. And, and they offered, they would sprinkle the blood upon the, the Ark of the Covenant. And as they were doing this, I don't, I don't doubt, every year they had to do this over and over and over. And they thought, when is this, this going to end? You know, we kind of just think of the children of Israel as some faraway group that probably existed, probably not. Well, they did exist. But we, we can just imagine what it must have been like to be them. To, if you literally picked up sticks on the Sabbath day, you were to be stoned to death. If you did any work on the Sabbath day, you were to be stoned to death. You might say, Kevin, isn't that, you know, unfair? Well, the law was supposed to show that how holy God is. That He is a holy God. People say, my God is a loving God. Yeah, He is. But He's holy. He's separate. And then in verse 3, He says, But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Every time they offer their sins, they think, I'm just going to sin again. What's the point of doing this? I'm just going to sin again. Why am I coming here and offering this sacrifice? You know, when this is going to end? When are my sins finally going to be taken away? You know, now we don't think of it much. Jesus came. We have Jesus. Our sins are washed away. Amen? Are yours? But for them, they had to do these sacrifices not to have salvation, 
but because that's how their covenant was with God. That's what they had to do to show how holy God is. But then in verse 4 it says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. It's not possible that an animal can take away my sins. It's not possible that Malachi can take away my sins. And you might start thinking, why are we reading this right now? Why are we reading about the children of Israel? Why are we reading this? But you see, the Bible says that he came, Jesus came not to destroy the law, not to do it away. Yeah, not to destroy it, sorry. But he came to fulfill it. Amen? You see, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 9, the Bible continues to talk about the tabernacle of God, that it was a picture of the heavenly one. Like God was one day supposed to, you know, that where he resides. Because you know how the tabernacle was. It was like a tent, right? And then inside the tent, a big tent, there's like a... I can't describe it. I'm, I'm not that smart. Um, but there's an outer court. Imagine you're outside of the parking lot here, the, the, the church building. That would be the outer court. And then when you come inside the building, it would be the... I forgot what that's called, too. I'm sorry. My mind is drawing blank. But it's where the priests would go in. But then once every year inside of here. Imagine this is the most holy place. There would be another section right here. Only the high priest could go once every year. And imagine this point right here. Imagine this podium right here would be the Ark of the Covenant. And right here there'd be two cherubims. I don't really remember. I, don't, I, don't, I can't describe perfectly what cherubims look like. But there'd be two cherubims right here. And then right here there'd be the mercy seat where that the blood was supposed to be you know, put there. So that for an entire year your sins were covered. But, as we read, it it couldn't make them perfect. And just as the writer of Hebrews in chapter 9, he says just the idea that there's an earthly tabernacle means that there has to be a heavenly one up there. Because God doesn't reside here. He resides in eternity. He's the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. But if you go in Hebrews 9, then he starts to talk about Jesus. In Hebrews 9, 23, uh, let's go to 22, and it says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. You know, Brother Marco came up here, and he, he, he threw in a different one. We were supposed to sing a different song, but we sang another one. And the first verse was, Have you been to Jesus, the cleansing tide? You know, the power of his blood. In verse 23, it says, It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in heaven, of uh, of the, sorry, that the pattern of the things in heaven, in the heavens should be purified with these. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm messing up my tongue. But it says, But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Verse 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, their holy place which are the figures of the true, but now it says, but into heaven itself, 
now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered, entereth into the holy place, place every year with blood of others. So he says he didn't have to come here every day. He didn't have to come often. He didn't have to offer the sins of mankind often. It says, verse 26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. If that was true, then Jesus would have to suffered from the moment man sinned. But it says, But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put, us, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. I mean, most faces I know here, but can I say that one day we're all going to die? And as pastor always, as I heard pastor say when I first got saved, do you know that 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 you're saved? Amen? Verse 28, it says, So Christ was once offered once, not multiple times. He was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So there is a second coming. You know, Jesus is coming back. We're not just going nowhere. We're not, uh, what's the word, all millennialists that think that, you know, the kingdom is already here. No, we're pre-tribulational. That there's going to be a seven-year tribulation where God is going to deal with Israel, his divorced wife, Jeremiah calls it. He's going to deal with Israel. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Then he's going to bring her to him. Then Jesus is going to come back in the thousand-year millennial reign. And then Satan's going to be loosed. And somehow people are still going to disobey Christ in the millennial kingdom, in the perfect state. And then they're going to be thrown in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone forever. And I'm not happy to say that. You know, that's not a good thing. You know, that's why we go Saturday morning to go preach the gospel. And that's why pastor preaches to Tell people about Jesus. Because there's coming a day that no man will be able to work. And there's coming a day that we won't be able to tell anyone about Jesus. But then we go back to Hebrews chapter 10 where he says for the law. But I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 4. He makes an amazing statement. He says, oh sorry, not sorry I'm, I, I apologize. Not Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4. It says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. So what can take away my sins? Huh? Jesus. But why? You see, then he continues on to quote a reference from the Psalms where he says in verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 10, Wherefore, then when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. 
and burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. He says, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. That's Jesus speaking. It's a messianic psalm that the writer of Hebrews quotes. Above, when he said, then, he, then, then the writer of Hebrews starts talking again in verse 8. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and, and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting tongue twisted too. Which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the body, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sin. So he's reiterating himself. And I know it sounds droning, but we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Verse 12, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, Forever. You know, how long is forever? Forever. You know, right now we're, we're, we're out visiting and we've come across a lot of Hispanics in, a, in one, uh, an apartment complex and they're very Catholic. They have a very Catholic viewpoint. Or if they're not Catholic, they have a very, uh, uh, I guess, evangelical viewpoint that they have to continually repent of their sins to be saved. They have to continually think, I have to... I have to repent of all my sins to be saved. But the Bible says here that after this, uh, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. You know, a priest couldn't sit down when he was ministering. He couldn't sit down. His work wasn't done. But Jesus sat down at the right, on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he has said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. We're almost there. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Let me read that again. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Can I say something? As a child of God, you should not come to God. uh, What's the word? Fearful, I guess. in, In the right sense. The Bible says to fear God. But... You shouldn't come to him thinking that you have to offer for your sins again. You shouldn't come to him that you keep thinking, God, I have to, I have to do something again so that you will accept me in your eyes. 
You know, oftentimes God has forgiven us, but we need to forgive ourselves. Amen? He says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. I'm not, I'm not a Jew. And I'm not of the tribe of Levi. And I'm not a priest. And I'm not a high priest. But because of Jesus, I can come into the glory of God every day, any moment. You see, even the Gentiles, imagine how the, a Gentile that wanted to come to God, he couldn't get even near. But you and I, who didn't deserve any grace, can come to God every day, every moment, no matter the occasion. If you sin, you can say, God, I sinned, but I'm grateful that there is no more offering for sin. I'm grateful that by the blood of Jesus Christ, I can be guiltless. You know, Catholics, and I heard this preach, so this isn't mine. This isn't my uh, original take. You know, Catholics have this thing called penance, where you have to pay, right? But a lot of times, we read things like this, and we say that, you know, God's grace has covered my sin. But we have our own penance. We think, God, I, I did this terrible sin. You know what I have to do? I have to, I have to come to church. I'll get right. I have to do everything I can for you to be pleased by me again. I have to read my Bible, and you should. You should read your Bible. Or we say, or we failed to witness to this one person that God really burdened us to witness to. And what do we do? We witness to every other person, or we'll talk about any other thing, but talk to that one person that God told us to talk to. And I'm not saying... Don't do good things. Don't get it wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that we don't have to offer up something to God so that he can be appeased by us. Does that make sense? That I don't have to. Some people like to, some, I guess, religious groups like to whip their backs thinking that that will be pleased, that they'll be pleased by God. Some, they'll, they'll crawl on their knees and they'll, they'll hurt themselves so that they can be appeased to God. But the Bible says that, the, that where there is, where now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. In verse 20 it says, By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, Verse 21, and having a high priest, Jesus, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He's making a word picture that we've been washed. So he's saying in verse 22, let us draw near to God. You know, God set up this entire way 
God set up an, an amazing path by Jesus. He fulfilled everything for you so that you could come to the holy, most holy place before God. And we say, I'll do that later, God. How many times does he call us to pray? You might think prayer is so, it's just, a, it's just prayer. No, God did everything so that he could commune with you. He gave everything. He gave his only begotten son so that he could have you. Let me, let me put this in perspective. How did God create, oh, where, where did God start? He started in the Garden of Eden, right? He created everything. And then the seventh day, he rested. And then he, he told man, he created man. No, sorry. <laughs> he had already created man, but then he told him to take care of that garden. And, and if you read it deep into the lines, it talks about that God walked in the cool of the day with Adam. He walked in the cool of the day with his creation. But then man sinned. And there was a separation that had to be paid for. You see, God is a holy God. And although sometimes we can be like, sometimes, you know, someone will wrong us and we can say, you know what, it's okay. But if you were to run over someone with your car and commit manslaughter, let's say, not, not on purpose. I know y'all aren't murderers. Probably in heart, but not, you know, physically. So, it's okay, I am too. But if you were to commit manslaughter and you go to the, the court and, and, and you're arrested and, and you go before the judge and you say, God, oh, you, God. <laughs> you say, Judge, I, I gave, I did a lot of great things. Could you please let me off the hook? Now, according to the law, although it might not be this way sometimes, according to the law, that person has to go to jail. Yeah, you might pay a fine, but you still have to go to jail. There's a payment to be paid. So when man sinned, God began to do a great work. He tried to dwell with his creation again. He uh, established a covenant with Abraham that out of his seed all the nations shall be blessed. Talk about the Messiah. And then when he took Israel out of Egypt after they'd been enslaved for around 400 years, then he built a tabernacle so that he could dwell with this creation. And then a, a couple years later, they built a temple so that God could be with this creation. So God was in the garden. God was in the tabernacle. God was in the temple. And then something amazing happened. According to Isaiah 17, 17, 7, 14, it says that there will be a, a man born of a woman, of a virgin. And his name shall be Emmanuel. Meaning God with us. So now, the word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. And then, what did he do? He died. He offered himself one sacrifice forever. He said, if I go not away... The comforter will not come. So now, God dwells inside of us, the redeemed. God dwells in his people. 
So when the writer of Hebrews says, let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith. I don't know about you, but sometimes I doubted my salvation. But how dare I doubt? You know, God gave everything. And, and I think, God, I'm not really sure if you died for me. Jesus, I'm not really sure if you paid my sin. Well, maybe if you, you, know, you stop sinning, then you stop feeling like you're being beat up. <laughs> that's just, that's a free one. But then he says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. So now we, we have something in us that you know, makes us want to do good. <laughs> and our bodies washed with pure water. And then verse 23, it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So he says, let us draw near. How could we not? And then he says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. You know, temptation will come. That's what Jesus said. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says, For there hath no temptation taken you, which is as common to man. I butchered that, I'm sorry. He says, let us draw near, let us hold fast. In verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So now he's saying, you know, let us love one another. He's saying let us, not just love, but he says, let us consider. You know, I'll say Mrs. Lund, she, she hurt her hand. Let us not just walk past her. Let us not, not just say, oh, hi, Mrs. Lund, and then walk away. Let us consider and say, what, what's wrong? Can I pray with you? Or if someone's going through a hard time, let's, just, let's not just do some small talk or say, how are you doing? <laughs> he says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love. Why? Because when someone loves you, you'll want to love others. There's one man in particular, he's always been very hospital and generous to me. And I just never understood why. But watching him over and over, it makes me want to be generous. I think I have all, you know, I, have, I live in America. I'm rich, apparently, according to the statistics. So, even though it might not be, but, you know, we have everything. To provoke unto love and to good works. Hebrews 2.10 says that God hath before ordained works that we should walk in them. That God has something prepared for us to do. And then verse 25, this is kind of a hard one sometimes. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another. You know, when someone tells you, hey man, you should come to church, the Bible says it. You know, why are you getting mad at me? <laughs> the Bible says to, hey man, you should come to church, it's good for you. You'll see the glory of God here when the people of God dwell together. You know, we're a called out assembly of baptized believers for the purpose to fulfill the Great Commission. He says, uh, 
but exhorting one another. And then he says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I don't know about you, but I see the day approaching. Israel's a nation. They have a lot of red heifers. They have a lot of things ready. You know, there's a lot of things in the air. You have to do these things to buy and sell. I think we're, we're close. So the Bible says that not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, then so much the more as you see the day approaching. But why do we do this? You know, we don't do this because we have to give an offering for sin. We do this because the Lord gave himself for us. You know, it's, it's not, I, I don't live to serve God. I know that sounds weird. But Paul said, for to me to live is Christ. For to me to live, because when you live for Christ, you'll do everything he wants. Amen. For to me to live is Christ. I just want to say and that we have a high priest, amen, that went before us to appear before the throne of God, to offer his sacrifice, to offer his blood forever so that he would want to dwell with us, so that he would want to commune with us. Uh, my main point today is, besides these other minor points, Are you praying? Are you communing with God? That's my main question. Are, are, you, are, you, are you knowing your creator? God is worthy of our love. And he loves us so much. And we don't go to him to offer a sacrifice for sin or to be appeased or to be accepted. We go to him because he first loved us. So I'm not here to, to give you a set of rules of what to do. I'm here to tell you that there was a man that died for you and took the wrath of God for you so that you wouldn't have to. So that the God of heaven, the creator, could commune with you and have a relationship with you. So I would just like to end with this, that let us strive to have a relationship with God. Amen. All right. If you would bow your head and, and close your eyes, um, uh, just, uh, uh, just remind yourself what, what happened here, uh, what you heard, that there is a high priest.